studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to episode 27 of The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast discussing many of the different faucets, 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 I did that last time, facets of pop culture. You know, with all that's happening today, we just want, uh, we want, we, talk radio, want uh, this to be the opportunity for you can sit back, relax, take a time out from the day. On today's show, we have headlines. We'll talk about some uh, some interesting things that have happened and transpired in the pop culture over the course of last week. Todd's going to talk about his trip to Red Rocks, and I'm going to talk about uh, a new video game I'm playing, Spider-Man on the PS4. Uh, and then today's center stage event is Todd and I are going to go head to head. We're going to see. We're going to test our 80s music knowledge by uh, playing some songs and seeing if the other one can figure out what song they're playing. Kind of like we did with uh, Todd versus Jeff, uh, Guess the Flick. Except we're doing it with music this time, and the music will be set in the 80s. So that rules out all of Todd wanting to play some kind of music from Ben-Hur or Citizen Kane. Uh, I, my, my, my name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, joining me from his studio somewhere in Dallas, Texas is my co-host Todd. Let's see if we can communicate with Todd using the magic of digital internet technology. That's the, uh, that's the word of the week, folks. If you can work that into a sentence, uh, while at work, uh, kudos to you. So Todd, are you out there? Can you, can you, I'm going <laughs> to... Wow, that's the magic of internet technology. It sounds like, a lot like a projector. It, I didn't know that bits and boops and all that went. I'm telling you what, I, I, I'll get into this later, but I spent the evening talking to a kind listener last night, and they were so complimentary of the production value and how, how great everything comes off, and I have managed to completely mess up the beginning of this, this show. But folks, we are live, so we're going to leave all that in. Just so you get a little behind the scenes, back to now we're gonna we're gonna write the rails, get back on track, Todd. Well, actually, I have to bust your chops because anytime anybody says your production value is great, it's like a girl walking up and saying, you know, hey, you're really hot, and suddenly you are like, you need Viagra. Right. At that point, you can't do anything without a little help. So don't ever tell somebody in production your production value is great because then they will suck. That's right. It's like uh, it's the like the acting break a leg. You know, you never say good luck. <laughs> Oh, well, at least we got that that uh, out of the way. Welcome, Todd. I'm sorry I didn't even have your uh, your your music. It says, and the thing on the sounder says, Todd's uh, take on end. So that's what I play to get out, and I don't know why I clicked. I panicked for a minute there. I, I begun to think that this is nothing but try to stump Todd. I don't know what, it's, <laughs> what sound I'm going to have. I don't know what's going to be said to me. I just have to be on. My new thing is I'm on my toes, Todd. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, did you have a good week? I've had a good week. Yes. Um, been one of those that, that work has kept me slammed. And so when you said, let's play eighties music, I thought, Oh, this will be fun today. So good. yes, it's been a good week. And now I can't wait to do this. 
Well, we're both uh, on a tight schedule. I'm getting ready to fly back out to San Francisco, um, where I was last week. So um, I've got some some chores and, and things to do, and uh, I know you've got some things. So let's get things started. Let's get a, go ahead and uh, get directly into um, some interesting news. Folks, I need to shorten that, but uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to Headlines. Oh, I'm, there's the ding. There, there it is. I, Thank I was, you. It's just, it's probably about maybe for three or four seconds too long. All right. So, um, first headline today, uh, we got an email from a kind listener telling us that we have maybe some more influence than we, we originally thought. And that, uh, it has come out that the, uh, Oscars are going to reverse their decision, um, to have a popular film category. So we'll go ahead and take credit for that. Um, this I'm getting out of Buzzfeed and, um, basically I, I don't know, uh, as it's not alluded to too much in here, but, uh, basically, uh, I believe they've got some kind of some heat for it or some backlash as, as to it. And, uh, they decided to take it out. So I'm going to tell you right now that category is created for three films. It began with the dark Knight the Batman film, when everybody felt that it wasn't just a great superhero film, it was a great crime film and deserved attention. Then you fast forward to Wonder Woman when it makes such a great feminist statement, they didn't do anything. And now especially Black Panther. So the, the Academy now realizes, and I am guaranteeing you, I'm putting money on it. Black Panther will receive a Best Picture nomination. Because of the removal uh. of this, this was their way to go, hey, you know, it got popular film. Now it will. I guarantee you it will be a Best Picture nominee. See, that's so interesting. I did find the quote here uh, as I continued to flounder on this recording. Um, Academy CEO Don Hudson was quoted as saying, quote, there has been a wide range of reactions to the introduction of the new award, and we will recognize the need for further discussion with our members. We have made changes to the Oscars over the years, including this year, and we will continue to evolve while also respecting the incredible legacy of the last 90 years, end quote. So that's just, that's just buzz talk. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So uh, loosely translated uh, by this talk show host, basically admitting that they made a mistake. And that they're yeah. yeah. They, they know that, you know, first off, best popular film. There's no better way to say we don't like your film, but we're calling it the best. We don't want to be acknowledged for that. This made us all so much money. We want to be artistic. The crap. You know, we, Jeff, I want to do a whole segment on how much I hate award shows and especially the Academy. I'm making the note right now. It, it would be an interesting conversation. And, and um, there's nothing, especially in today's culture, culture with social media and everything that really puts things under a microscope when you say we're doing this. And then, and then a couple of weeks later, after listening to the other kind radio, by the way, they're like, well, uh -huh. maybe we shouldn't do it. And they, they should have just done it for a year and stuck to their guns and then come out and said, we made a mistake. Yeah, but then they also have the blip on the radar that is almost like the Rob Lowe moment when he sang with Snow White all those years ago. That every, you know, every time they talk about the worst moments in Academy Award history, they bring that up. This would have been, well, you know, for one year you did most popular film and you gave it to Black Panther. Were you somehow trying to make a, a right. category simply for race relations and you took it away one year later? It, it, it they couldn't win no matter wow. what they did. You have got the mind for the business. The other the other thing I saw interesting in this article from BuzzFeed was. Um, 
uh, in the article stated, uh, the other change including shortening the length of the telecast to three hours and regulating some awards to commercial breaks remains in place. One Academy member told BuzzFeed News that the long-term plan has been to reduce the number of Best Picture nominees to five, currently up to ten. How do you feel about that? I feel that the up to ten was also a reaction to The Dark Knight because they began to think after The Dark Knight we didn't have enough places for it. Fine. If you're going to do, I've I've always thought that was a little silly when they upped the nominations, but they don't up it in other categories. Right. Keep it to five. Here's what I'm going to tell them: If you want to shorten your broadcast, go watch the Golden Globes. Golden Globes allow people to vamp and have fun, and it's funny. But the host does not come out and you know do a bit every time they're on stage. They'll simply say, "Now to present this is you know him from this," and they may may make some funny thing. It's Jeff Lagrone, right? And they let that person come on. The Academy Awards do too much crap. They they also perform every song. They do so many things that if they'd be willing to go. What we need to do instead of have somebody perform the entirety of their song is make a medley of the songs. Yes. And you can have every artist up there. They can stop. They can play one verse, one chorus of it or one, you know, whatever the most impactful part is. If you want to hear Celine Dion screech at the end of Titanic, you put the screech part in. But they need right. to truncate that or simply make a video clip of the songs and put it together. There are so many things they could do to shorten that broadcast. Right. And it's not about taking away three Best Picture nominees. That's not going to do it. Well said. On, our next, on, on to our next headline. Give me some mad chatter, yo. Chatter. God, freaking kills, yo. Dead to rights, yo. Rent, yo. Responsibilities. Last night, somebody broke in my place, yo. Come on, yo. Game has changed, yo. The timer went off, yo. That, of course, uh, a, a, a medley of yo comments from Breaking Bad. Our next headline is the fact that uh, Aaron Paul, widely known and famously known for Breaking Bad, is coming to Westworld Season 3. This shocked me. This, this, well, I shouldn't say shock. Shock side, but I want to make sure in this age of using um, descriptive words and just throwing them out the window... Shock is a little strong, but it surprised me, but it was a pleasant surprise. Are you all caught up on West uh, Westworld? I am. Okay. So tell me your thoughts on this. So Aaron Paul, you know, a, a guy that with Breaking Bad, if you don't know, was ne his character was never supposed to survive out of, I think, season one. That's right. And they loved the chemistry between the two men that they changed it. He is so iconic in that that almost to the point that you would you could see typecasting written all over this where the poor guy couldn't get away from ever having a role where he didn't say yo bitch. <laughs> and I, in fact, when I saw this casting, I tweeted my wife a meme of him going yo bitch, and I was like, he's on now a show I watch because I love that man. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. I think this is huge for him. I love that somebody is not being restrictive and saying, wow, you're so good here. We can't put you elsewhere. So I think it's a brilliant stroke. I think that, you know, a show like Westworld needs to open itself up to all kinds of new people again and again, so long as they keep Thandie Newton on. Thandie Newton is the absolute heart of that show to me, but I, I love it. I yeah. think it's fantastic. You know, Aaron Paul has always struck me uh, as, as an actor. And, and again, I'm not very familiar with his work uh, prior to Breaking Bad. And I don't want to in any way um, lessen the work and years of, of uh, practice in his artistry. But to me, I, I want I this is the way I view Aaron Paul is an actor that really progressed and 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 
you could see his ability to act really grow throughout Breaking Bad because it was on for so many seasons. I think that, like you said, it was first written and probably directed as he was just this, you know, druggy guy that was just kind of this goof. But they, you talk about, you know, some really dramatic scenes and 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 by the end of the the entire uh, show, really had demonstrated the range of his his ability to act and his skills. So I'm happy to see it. You know, Westworld. My 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 dad was very pleased with season two. Um, of course, I'm going back and rewatching <laughs> the Game of Thrones as you instructed me, and I've texted you a couple times saying this is great, this is awesome. Um, in fact, uh, it reminds me uh, what I what I think someone should do is take Game of Thrones, but just cut all the storylines so they're together, and then watch <laughs> and then watch it that way. Because even rewatching it, I, you know, they'll they'll cut away from something, and then and then they are gone for so long, and they come back and like, oh crap, what were the? Oh, that's right, they were doing this. Yeah. So, um, well, congrats to Aaron Paul. We look forward to seeing him on Westworld, and I hope that with season three, they. Uh, uh, I'll be interested to see what they do because I, I, what I was getting into there was season two for me of Westworld was mediocre. I, I was kind of like that too. I think there are moments of brilliance. I think Thandi Newton has proven to be an actress that I want to see no matter what she does. I thought it, with her work in Solo, in fact, I was reading yeah. um, Jake Kasdan, the the son of the great Lawrence Kasdan, who helped write the script of that, said they they think the one thing they really made a mistake on was underutilizing her and i think that westworld she's the heart of that show just as much as aaron paul was the heart of breaking bad you really get down to go. it he is the heart of that and i think that now you're bringing in somebody of this caliber i i think that could be a great dynamic and, and i do hope that they kind of write the ship a little bit on some of the the oh meandering aspects of this past yes. season yes agreed all right our last headline takes us to uh lovely uh, Omaha, well, I shouldn't say Omaha, but lovely Nebraska. And now I'm noticing the link that I cut and paste for us actually takes us to Amazon. <laughs> oh God, I thought you were going to say it took you to a porn site. No, I thought, you no. know, I can't help you with this, Jeff. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to fill here. The, the technical structure of the show continues to crumble, folks, but I'm staying consistent. Um, obviously, I talked to you a little bit in the pre-production. The Coen brothers have shot a movie. It was shot here in Nebraska. And... Uh, I, again, I'm feeling awful. I don't have this link up. Do you have the information up? No, but here's what I'll vamp on. You go find the thing. Okay. So uh, to remind the, the kind listener, we spoke before about Mr. Spielberg, great hero of mine, talking about what is cinnamon, what is not. And he continues to, and now the, these are quotes attributed to him, so we have to be fair. We don't know the context of that conversation, but he says that something for TV is not film. Um me being the the fan of cinema i am i i would love to be a snob about it but i don't look at it that way because i think that things like game of thrones you're able to do a film like approach that you couldn't do on the big screen so his whole idea is that what's released in the cinema is cinema oh no we've experienced our first technical issue um i todd has frozen I'm looking at his face on the camera. We're having a good one this time. I'm going to go ahead and pause real quick, kind listener. We're going to get him back on. We'll be back in two. All right, we're back. Um, Todd, welcome back. We had some internet issues. His internet decided to take a quick nap or dump, but we're back. We're talking. You know, I should, I should probably throw in that I'm shocked this has never happened because they're laying like brand new, like the ultra fast fiber around here. 
and all you see in my neighborhood right now are torn up sidewalks and everything <laughs> where they're shoving stuff down. I'm sure somebody went, hey, let's turn it off. <laughs> Nobody's recording a show on Saturday. All right. So we were talking about Cohen, Cohen Brothers, um, the ballad of, of course, I got to get the tab back up. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, shot in Nebraska. Actually, it's a, um, let's see, let's see. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Joe and Ethan Cohen Western Anthology. So it's an anthology film originally conceived as a TV miniseries. Features six tales about a singing cowboy, a high, drains, high plains drifter. Slow down, Jeff. And an impresario of a traveling show, a prospector, a stagecoach, and a woman on a wagon train. The last story was filmed in Nebraska. So that actually clears it up a little bit. Anyway, you were talking about uh, what this means as far as film and, and releasing on uh, the manner in which it will. I think it's just very interesting, you know, and, and, and forgive me, I don't know where this cut off on me when the Internet decided to. But... <laughs> going back to the conversation that Spielberg had about what is cinnamon is not now you have incredibly influential filmmakers and Joel and Ethan Cohen who basically come out and say, you know what? We don't care. We are simply creating visual storytelling and here it is um, for them to associate with Netflix and to release this at the same time that it hits theaters. That is huge, yeah. hugely significant in this world and this conversation. I, I hope we get to the point where it doesn't matter how you see it you know yeah i know that spielberg doesn't want somebody on a 32 inch tv to watch his film for the first time he wants to see it he, he is in love with cinema it's the same as that you don't go to see the symphony orchestra in someone's garage so you want to see the full aspects of yeah. it and i get that but at the same time the majority of us don't watch things on 32 inch tvs and so joe and ethan cohen come out and say we just want to tell you a good story and here it, here it is visually right i, I think a, an important thing to take out of what you just mentioned is that, you know, Spielberg should have said that. He should have said, the reason why I don't necessarily see these as films if I, as, is, that, is the reason is I've always wanted to have my audience watching on a large screen. But the day that an artist makes a, a broad stroke with a brush and just says it's not film, I think um, he can always wish and hope as far as his films, how he wants them received. But there are people out there, and it will be continuing uh, a continuing trend that will put out film uh, on the small screen. Because again, it's redefining the industry and the cost at which. I mean, you educated me about the cost to prom to, to premiere a film to get a film out. There's costs associated. In my ignorance, I thought you shot the film and then everybody, you know, drank beer and and ate a sandwich and then you know, boom, that was it. But um, my naivety to the film industry, I can see why the Coen brothers who have, who have done and, and turned in such great work are looking at this this way of delivering their, their products as well. So to me, tip of the cap and uh, to them for doing so. Very well said, Jeff. I, I can't even put anything else out there. You, you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Moving right along, we are going to, at this time, the correct time, fire up the projector. Ah, yes. Yes. Don't worry, something'll crash. Anyway, let's get into Todd's take on. Today Todd's taking on his trip to Red Rocks. Uh, you know, I would already mentioned that we were doing this. Um I my fascination with the Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is located in Morrison, Cal uh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Dates back to 1984 when I saw the videos of U2 playing there and it was a cold night, a little bit of mist and rain in the air, and it was so 
amazingly romantic to look at because it's this amphitheater that's carved into the side of a mountain. Um, Colorado is already this majestic place that you must experience to, to simply go from Dallas where it's incredibly flat to see the mountains there. Um, it was something I needed to see. So when my wife and one of my, or in fact, our shared friend, Steve called and both said, Hey, you realize Jason Isbell, who's one of your favorites is playing Red Rocks. Right. Well, let's go. So we go, we had a fantastic time. We stayed in golden Colorado, which is the city right next to Morrison, which are both suburbs of Denver. Um, going there, it is no matter what you do, you're driving up in a mountain. When you park, you are going to trek up a mountain. But we went and we spent time during the day looking at it. It is simply breathtakingly beautiful. Right. Um, you can see pictures of it online. I would recommend to anyone to go. Go see it. I've seen uh, Jason Isbell six or seven times, and I don't do that for the hoo-hoo of it. I'm just saying that you know I've seen him enough that I, that I shouldn't be moved beyond simply that he's a great performer but right he played one of my favorite songs elephant which i don't believe i've ever heard him play live other than them one time i saw him at south by southwest he played it uh -huh. um, and here it was in this majestic theater the the lights are kicking up on the red rocks around you i was literally almost moved to tears it it is truly one of those great moments that I will never forget. So if you have the chance, if you, if you have an artist you like tons of people play there throughout the year, I think the only time they really stop down is obviously when it gets too cold. Um, I would suggest to everyone go, 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 but also be prepared for it to get cold because even though it was a summer evening, temperatures dropped to fifties and these Texans weren't prepared and it got stinking cold as the wind was just howling through this place. So, um, the venue obviously is gorgeous. Like I said, I've been there before. I've never seen a concert there. But what what about uh, some of the more uh, uh, textile portions of the textile? Is that right? Tactical, textile, whatever. But, but um, you know, like were the seats comfortable? Tactile, I think is. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. I have no idea, folks. I don't even know who's running the show right now. Uh, was the were the seats comfortable? Was there was it a good? Did you have a good vantage point? Um, and then what about the concessions? Were they outrageous? Or are they trying to keep it real out there as far as somebody want to come see a band and you know have a beer? So let's see. The seats are basically stone seats. There are no such thing as backs. It's it's very much a bleacher type atmosphere, but they are huh. stone. They're concrete. So no, not, not the most comfortable things. But honestly, everybody stood for the majority of the show. Um, the sound is amazing for a amphitheater surrounded by rock. Uh, there you hear everything. It is just beautifully done. Uh, again, it is majestically gorgeous. If you've never seen this, go search that out. No, number one, go watch the, the YouTube clips from back in 84. This thing was, uh, I think, created like in the early 1900s, and it is you know, just this majestic, beautiful place that regardless of the fact that I did spend a little bit much for Coors, I don't really drink Coors too much, but considering that Golden is the home of Coors, <laughs> I said, okay, I'll have a Coors. And I spent a little bit much for it, but you know, it, it was part of the, the gig. So I, I don't think that it doesn't seem that Red Rocks really wants to milk you for every dollar because the tickets were not that bad. Our vantage point wasn't great, and they weren't the best seats I've ever had uh, to see Mr. Iswell. However, I didn't care. Uh, I The only thing I didn't want was to sit in the very back. We were off to the side a little bit, about midway down, so it was a great, great time. You know, my wife and daughter enjoyed it, too. I, I really – the the city of Golden is gorgeous. The only thing I will tell you, mm -hmm. and I am going to knock the Red Rocks official hotel just opened – they should have waited a while because mm. it was a mess. Those are those are stories for another time. You find yourself a good hotel, and I'm telling you, you will have a fantastic time in that that those surrounding cities and that location. 
All right, last question about it. What yes. would be the worst artist to have at that venue? Goo Goo Dolls. Why? Because I hate them. <laughs> so nothing to do with the, with the acoustics or anything. You're just like, no, they're awful. No, I just, I, you're sitting there saying worst artist, and I was like scrambling through my mind of artists I hate. <laughs> they just they don't speak to me. I've always kind of thought they were kind of bleh. Yeah. Well, you, you came up with that quickly. Thank you so much. We'll slow down that projector. Thank you. That's Todd's take on. Jeff's judgment on this week is going to be rather quick as well. Uh, I did get to the latest. I know we have a lot of going on with Call of Duty and their Battle Royale, which I'm, I'm seeing wonderful things about. I'm interested. I'll be interested in playing. Um, the pace seems to be quite a bit. Pace seems to be quite a bit faster than uh, PUBG or uh, Fortnite. And for those of us that can't build in Fortnite, we're just happy that there's a game that you don't have to build to survive. But I picked up on the PS4, Sony and Insomniac Games' uh, most recent creation. Uh, they have rebooted. I don't. I guess it is a reboot, but they've they've made again Spider-Man. And I'm one of those old gamers who has played many, 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 many different versions of Spider-Man throughout the years. And one thing that nobody has ever uh, quite handed, handled correctly is the swinging. Um, obviously, with game uh, you know, design mechanics and everything, how to accurately give the, the player the feeling of you know, shooting a web on a building and, and, you know, soaring, I shouldn't say soaring, but swinging through the air, giving up the, the presence of speed, just some basic, uh, physics. Insomniac who gave us great games like, uh, uh, Spiro, the dragon and ratchet and clank have really hit it out of the park. Um, even for an old guy like me, I, the controls are intuitive and the great thing is, is when you start your swing, you wait till you get to kind of the, uh, not the apex, but the end of the swing. And if you hit a button, it's like he kind of kicks out a little bit more and he'll do a backflip to kind of get more energy or height. And then you hit another button and he'll shoot a web um, to a building, the nearest building, and then pull on it, which will increase your speed. And then you can go back into another swing. When I first started playing the game, I was spamming the swing button in panic that it would fall you know, from the sky. And what they did uh, with this that, that uh, really kind of brings it all together is it's not a rush or panicked action with the controller. It's almost like skiing. It's a very smooth, uh, almost melodic process of manipulating the controller to have Spider-Man swing through the streets of New York. And they did a great job of replicating uh, places like uh, Central Park, um, the high rises and then the other uh, parts and boroughs of, of, of Manhattan that um, uh, are of New York that uh, um, you get to, to visit. Um, the combat is done well. One of the things I'm, I'm finding as I get older is I, I do uh, tend to, as I said earlier, spam the controller and just mash things and you know, watch Spotty just kind of like freak out and shoot webs and not make any sense. Uh, they've done a great job with the combat. I actually have a strategy. They, you have multiple ways you can go in and take out your ener enemy, which, again, for those that want to work on the melee, they can go in and learn all the combos and how to kick and do all this stuff. Me, I like getting up uh, uh, up high on the on some kind of vantage point, and if you sneak around, you can catch him off guard, and he'll shoot webs and pull them up and you know cover their mouth so they can't yell and then hang them there, kind of like you could in the uh, Batman game. Uh, uh, that came out, I think it was Dark Knight came out a while back. Um, 
And then the storyline, they've done a wonderful thing here where um, it, in previous superhero games, so much has been, um, so much focus and energy has been put on the storyline and, and just kind of forcing you through a day as whatever superhero you're playing as. Uh, again, hats off to Sony and Insomniac for taking an approach where they really kept in mind the gamer and said, what would, you know, you're Spider-Man, what would you do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to swing around the city for a half hour without, you know, feeling any pressure of, you know, progressing the story. Only by allowing and creating um, or creating an environment like that it does two important things that a lot of games really rush through these days. And the first is allowing the gamer, especially an older gamer like me, the time to acclimate to the environment in which they're playing in. That's something that's very important as you continue to play the game and come up with strategies, like I said, to take out bad guys. If you know how to manipulate your character or the controls at which to uh, to execute uh, moves and stuff, and it's done in an environment that isn't immediately stressful where you know, you're going to get your butt kicked or die or whatever, then you actually get to feel more uh, a part of the character that you're playing. And the second thing is... Um, once you do get those, the comprehension of the uh, of the controllers and movement, then you can begin the story feeling um, even more so that you are that character. When I'm playing, you know, my 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 ten year old, my thirteen year old brain is having the time of time of my life because I get to do things that like Spider Man do, and it, it's not a matter of. Um, well, I've unlocked this move, or I've unlocked the ability to do this. Now, there are some gadgets and stuff that progress through the game that are laid out very nicely. But again, to be able to swing around the city for a half hour, and that's real time, real time of just swinging around and learning that has really uh, magnified the enjoyment of it. Um, I'm, I'm think I'm 23% of the game. Uh, some of these open world games that I play, I have a tendency to go and do all the little side missions and all the little things because the strategy there is if you get all you get points and rewards for doing those and then when you want to buy a new Spidey outfit or, or a new skill or, or uh, some type of enhancement, you already have the, uh, the ability to do so. So I'm about 23% in the game. I've played for a couple of hours. Um, this was a recommendation that came off of uh, uh, Twitch. Um, Somebody was playing it on there. I wish I could remember that Twitch uh, person's name. I'd give them a shout out. But um, they said it was a lot more enjoyable than they, that they thought it would be. So went out, got it, and playing it, and highly recommend it. Again, it's only available on PS4 because it's Sony. But um, yeah, yeah, it's I, I, I can't wait for the day they get over that stuff and just you know put it out so everybody can play it. Um, but recommend it. Enjoy it. If you, if you are, a, I'm not even a big Spider-Man fan, but if you are a superhero fan and, and want to spend some hours swinging around the, uh, the buildings in New York city, uh, please do so pick this up. It's definitely worth getting. I am so jealous. You have a PS4. I still can't make the move to have a second gaming system. I don't game enough anymore. I don't just have the time between movies and music and whatnot. But every time I turn around, PS4 has got a great game I want to play. And this this sounds so close to the Arkham Batman games yes. as far as it, its ability to explore and its mechanics. I want to play it. If I ever have 
300 $400, how much your PS4 costs. Right. If I have it just laying in front of me, I'll invest. But until then, I just have to live vicariously through you, which is the story of my life, <laughs> is I vicariously live through Jeff no matter what I do. Yes, because at, at some point in your life, I, just as your friend, uh, I've, you've got to play The Last of Us. Because I want to. that is the Citizen Kane of video games. I've heard that, yeah. and I want to play it. And it, again, you know, it, it, when I don't have a child that is dependent on me when she's graduated right. from college, then I can start indulging in having 24 game systems and play them all. But we'll right see. now, I just don't feel like I can. We'll see if 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 Christmas is around the corner. We'll see what we'll see what we can do. Oh, all right. So that's Jeff's judgment on Spider Man. Pick it up. Love it. It's good stuff. Oh, we forgot to ask. Hey, uh, Alexa, are we going to have a good show? Sorry. I'm not sure about that. Well, you know, actually, it's not really worth asking her because we already had internet problems and I screwed up the beginning of the podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> good answer, Alexa. Um, also, uh, meant to at the beginning, but I fumbled a football so badly. Um, I wanted the kind listener. This might was, answer your question. Oh. American football evolved from the sports <laughs> oh. association football and rugby football. Oh. Rugby football, like American football is a sport where two competing teams vie for control of a ball, which can be kicked through a set of goalposts or run into the opponent's goal area to score points. What is considered to be the first American football game was played Alexa, on November please stop. Did we pay her this week? Because she really wanted to chime in. We should just do a podcast where we just throw, <laughs> throw out a subject and she just talks. That was awesome. I mentioned fumbling the football, and she starts, okay, all right. Um <laughs> I got to spend some time with a kind listener last night by the name of Lucas. So I just want to say, hello, Lucas. Thank you so much for listening. Um, the production value of this show is dedicated to you. All right. Ooh, oh, that doesn't <laughs> say very much. We're sorry, Lucas. We actually like you. I, I, I'm going to dedicate my performance to you instead of the production value. There you go. All right. So we said three, uh, three songs. What we're doing now, we're going to move to center stage, folks. Uh, three songs from the 80s. We're going to kind of test each other. And, and Todd brought up a good point. This could be a song that you really like or whatnot. Um, me, I'm, as usual, I'm, I'm the competitive one. So I want to, um, I want to uh, pick songs that uh, I hope Todd doesn't know. Actually, the rules are we, it has to be something that was popular on the billboard. I told Todd in a text it can't be any joseph stanton and his mountaineers or bucketeers or whatever it's got to be kind of an artist that the kind listener go oh shaka khan yeah i remember her so shaka. what's that shaka khan shaka, shaka khan. khan shaka khan great great beginning of the song uh -huh. all right so we're gonna we're gonna do three songs we have a limited amount of time but we're gonna get through it here um todd i'll give you uh the first one Okay, so I told Jeff that I, I promised no Mountaineers bands, but I'm also not promising that they are number one hits. I did at least at some point confirm that these songs charted. Uh, one of them I'm willing to even, it charted, but I'm willing to jump ahead to when the person who was the lead singer of that band became famous and play the song so you at least know the context of it. But here goes the first one. Okay. Sometimes when this place gets kind of empty Alright, go ahead and stop it Okay And our software does something weird with music after playing for a few seconds um, 
the voice sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I don't know the artist. <laughs> you know the name of the song? I don't even know the chorus. So that's Under the Milky Way by The Church. One of my favorite late 80s songs. That, hey, that is not in the Mountaineers. That charted and it was like in the top 30. Folks, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I have... I have made a I have made an error in my judgment in what I was doing. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so um it rhymes with zero, and that's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely song. Uh I'm gonna apologize to the kind listeners. There's something weird going on with the software, so it kind of dropped in and out, but I'll see if I can do my best to uh, clean it up. All right, we'll move on to Todd's first song. Just tell me <laughs> tell me when to stop when you know it. Stop. Burning down. I was talking it. <laughs> oh man! Oh, out of all the groups. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll go ahead and play it. Well, let's hear a little bit of that song. Oh, it's such a great song. It's great. Love it. So the Talking Heads were a huge part of my household growing up. Uh, we listened to a lot of Talking Heads, and being that I thought we were friends, I picked a song. <laughs> I picked a song that I thought you might know. Um, talking Heads, great, fantastic. David Byrne, anything to add to that? <laughs> I love it, but you know, okay. So we need to one hundred percent set the rules from now on for yes. the let's stump each other game. Yes. I, I'm not choosing to stump. We we didn't say ahead of no. time what we were going for. So I'm actually revising in my head if I want to play the next song I wanted to play please, for you. Please do. No, we gotta keep we we did it. We gotta we gotta keep moving. Cause cause okay. I'm telling you, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna go somewhere. So go ahead, hit me with your second song. All right, here we go. No idea. I don't go out. I'll let you get to the chorus. Yep. Sometimes we shout, but that's no problem. Okay, stop it. it <laughs> um, you don't Bette Midler wasn't really recording that much in the 80s, so <laughs> I'm going to rule her out. It almost sounds uh, Marshall Crenshaw um, or um, Costello, Elvis Costello. It's very much in the squeeze Elvis Costello type thing. Now I'm going to play this. That was by a band called Split Ends, and the lead singer of that is a man named Neil Finn who actually just took over in Fleetwood Mac. He took over the Lindsey Buckingham place. Now this is the song he's famous for that came probably about five years later. Ah, now that one I would have, but that's called Split Hairs? That's 
No, now th- he left Split Ends, oh. uh, and this is his other band, Crowded House. So don't dream it's over. It's really where he kind of became famous. As a fun little side, he, they came to Florida while I was in film school, and I met them. And he was at that time he was not a very nice man. The other two guys were about as sweet as they could be, but he oh. was standoffish. I feel like I'm a baby, and you're taking my candy. All right, that, I like it. Well, there's no way you're going to get this next one. The gloves are off. I've changed my list. Here is oh, my next Gina, song. Wait, hang on, hang on. I just told you I was going. I'm kid. kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't. I was. Just, I'm trying to <laughs> amp it up because there is no way. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna guess who this is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm sorry, you you won that point, Jeff. I have no clue who that would be. I've never professed my love for that person. I have no idea. One of the great takes on almost like a giant Hold on, let me turn it down for a second here. Sorry, Bruce. Let me turn you down. Okay, what were you saying? Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea who that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it, man. it come out on an album that hit in about 1983. It wasn't the last song on the side A when it was on vinyl. It wasn't one of the shorter music videos where, you know, he was underneath the car or anything, but I still have no idea who that is. <laughs> Clearly, when, we see, when I text... <laughs> Tech suggested this little bit we're doing. Um, we had two different things, <laughs> things in mind because I'm like, I'll throw an easy one in there. I'll throw, I'll throw some Bruce so we could talk about how this is almost like, I think, in some ways, Bruce's tribute to Johnny Cash because it's mm-hmm. got the, the chugga chugga of the train. And I just had visions of you and I and, I, and then you saying, Jeff, you're so... <laughs> You're so musically <laughs> knowledgeable, <laughs> and it's the complete opposite has happened. Oh, okay. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm sorry if this is a disaster for the kind listener, but this is a true uh, live recording of humility. I, I will say this. We're up against the clock today. We, we yes, tell everybody, yeah. I, it's me. I have to be out of here. Right. And we, uh, Kind listener, you got 10 minutes until the show's <laughs> over, but here's what I'm going to suggest to you, because we don't need to officially sign off. We're going to take this all 10 minutes, and then we're going to keep going song to song, so we may hit five. So here's your next one. Right. I think you might know this one. Okay. Um, um, heart of Another. Now this one I should know. I'm not going to get it to the chorus. Wait till it gets to the chorus. I'll give you the chorus. Except that it may take a long time to get to the chorus. I can't remember if it hits here or not. It does. No. Okay. All right, stop it. <laughs> Tempted by the fruit of another. That's not Don Henley. No. Nope. That's uh, even though that's the same vocal range as Don Henley, but no, that is very much not Don Henley. Um, it's not an ex Eagle. Nope. And no, just just okay. So I take full responsibility of not knowing this one. This one I should know because that's right in there. At who is it? So that the song is Tempted, and that is Squeeze. That's right. That's right. Tempted. Tempted, yes. Squeeze. Oh, now, now I'm I'm feeling the pain. All right. Um, well, as you've noticed, I've 
made mine more difficult to guess as we've gone along on my list for you. So good luck getting this one, Mr. Awesome. actually picked one of my great kryptonite songs of all time thank you you know i may be winning but you just reduced me to oh. any any of the sad thing is this this is uh, this that's not even is that him yeah well that may be somebody else singing it somebody else here. singing it it's okay that no one wanted to hear the song, no matter who sings it. <laughs> so, the <clears throat> the first was actually to try and stump you. Mm-hmm. The second was going to be a like an inside joke, and the uh-huh. third one was, in fact, to had some humor to it. So, um, yeah, that's. Uh, but you, you have to. What's the name of the song? Footloose by Kenny Loggins. <clears throat> and it wasn't even really Kenny Loggins. So by I somebody <laughs> trying to be Kenny Loggins. <laughs> You know, so here's the thing that you always need to know, Jeff, in these situations, if you want to reduce me to rubble, either play Footloose or Radar Love. Both of those reduce me to, oh, I can't stand either song. I don't know if I'm familiar with that. uh, With Radar Love? But, yeah, I'm I'm doing a search for it right now. Let's see. Oh, I don't know. When you get ready to play it, I'm taking my headphones off. Please tell me when you're done because I'm not listening. (laughs) I just need to know what song it is. Ah, all right. It is off. I, I just want. I, yeah, passion. I just couldn't. I couldn't picture it in my head. Um, by Golden Earring. Yeah, it's it's just one of the great tedium songs of all time. So we we've got. Let's do one more song okay. each. All right, you go, I, <clears throat> Jeff. Well, you've already done. You've only done two. Or did you do? That's right. You did do three songs. Three. Split hairs, okay. squeeze, and yeah, split ends, split. not split hairs. <laughs> Um, so I look, Jeff, yeah, this is the, I love you moment. I'm going to give this one to you. Now here's what I'm also say. This song comes out. Ah, that's not an 80 song. That was our rule. Okay. Then I'm going to choose this. This band is so influential to me as a musician and I'm going to pick an 80 song that they did. Okay. Oh yeah. That's, uh, every little thing she does is magic by the police. Bingo. Yeah. It's one of the. One of the best songs. So I'll mix that down a little bit and just say that as a, a young drummer, Stuart Copeland was my absolute hero. So there you go. Well, let's go ahead and end it on that note because that's such a great song. Um, thank you so much. I know you're I know you're extremely uh, extremely busy. <clears throat> so that's going to do it for this edition of the Other Kind Radio, Todd. Have a great week. Oh, and we should tell the kind listener I'll be uh, in your humble home a week from now to uh, to record the show. So it'll be the second one we we'll record face-to-face. Todd will be producing. He'll be mashing the button, so we know it'll be much better. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Um, 
want to throw a shout out to uh, Minute of the Apes. I've been listening to that podcast. They're doing a great job. Check out the Minute of uh, the movie by Minute Family. Uh, they're always good. Uh, feel free to contact us at Jeff Info or Todd at the Other Kind Radio. That's our email address. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite uh, podcast uh, app of choice, feel free to give us a, a rating. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. We are the other kind radio. The other kind radio.